because they love the word and they want to hear the word. They don't really care too much for the worship, so they slide in after worship and hear the word. And the opposite. Some like the worship, and I relate, brother. My heart, I feel for you. Uh, and then they, they, they leave after worship or whatever. But anyway, that's not... Uh, I just realize that... Uh, what I realize is that uh, when you're a public speaker, whether you're a minister... And I look, I don't get all religious. I understand the anointing, and I understand the Holy Spirit, but I also just understand human nature. And when you hear somebody's voice for so long, you start getting dull of that voice. You don't think that you do, but you do. So I tell all our guys, let's don't fall in love with your own voice. And if you don't believe me, ask your spouse. Uh, so anyway, I, I personally am of the persuasion that God's people coming together is more than just about information. Information is good. We'll talk about some of that today maybe. Information is good. We want to learn. We want to grow. And that's what we're going to talk about. But it's more than information. It's all, you hear this from, from this place all the time. It's about a relationship. And uh, just being together. Usually sometimes big busy successful ceos when they think about meetings sometimes their thoughts about meetings is what is the agenda how long we're going to be here so we can get back to work and and i understand in corporate world that's probably true but when it comes to god's people growing together as a community it, it's about relationships being together not just to learn something new or uh, present a new project it's just about being together and, and I, everywhere I go, and I think I probably did it last time I was here, so I'll just be true to what I say. I usually open with the, the, that favorite psalm of, uh, about relationships where, where David said how good and how pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. Not just dwelling together, dwelling together in unity. You can have a miserable marriage by dwelling together. But he said, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. And, uh, of, of course, the word good is a moral word. It's, it's right. I mean, it's, it's good. It's right. This is, any, this is good and it's right. And uh, pleasant is a feelings word. And feel good that are not right, but I'm telling you from the other way around, when something is godly, when something is good, then it's okay for the emotions and the feelings to follow that. It, it ought to be pleasant. And so when we come together, it should be not only good because it is right, but it also ought to feel good just to be together uh, with one another. You know, I found out coming together generally is easy, especially if you think that in terms of marriage courting, dating, whatever. Coming together is easy. Staying together, <laughs> that's the part they didn't tell you about. But uh, I think it's beautiful. I love what God is doing in this place. So today I, I want to talk to you whatever, wherever I go, however I get there, a little bit about growth. But every, usually every morning, I'm going to share with you my morning time. Uh, usually every morning I, I'll sit down and read something inspirational. Uh, uh, this little book that that I've been reading through has has to do with uh, uh, relationships. It had to do with partnerships, working working 
together, and uh, it, this, it's filled with a lot of uh, a lot of trivia. And so, see, uh, so I'm going to just read what I read this morning. I thought it was interesting. It kind of might, it might even fit in with where we're going. One morning in 1878, a young man named Harley decided the soap and candle company founded by his father ought to produce a new creamy, white, delicately, delicately scented soap. He wanted it to be the best on the market, able to compete with the finest imported Castile soaps of the day. So Harley invited his cousin, James, to help him with the project. James, a chemist, was intrigued by the idea, and since the family's company had been the Union Army soap supplier during the Civil War, both men felt they could have a chance of being successful in this market. The two men became partners hoping to create a unique product and earn a good living at the same time. It didn't take James long to develop the soap's formula, and they soon began production. They called their product simply white soap. Wanting to emphasize purity. Right away, it sold fairly well, but Harley felt something was still missing. They were somehow missing the product's greatest potential. This is good. There's got to be something better than just this. They discovered that missing piece as a result of an unexpected contribution from a man by the name of Clem who oversaw the soap vats in the factory. One day, Clem left for lunch and forgot to switch off the master mixing machine. He returned to find that <laughs> too much air had been whipped into the soapy solution, and despite his mistake, he didn't want to discard the batch, so he simply poured it into the hardening vats and cutting frames and hoped for the best. And that's how history's First air-laden floating soap bars came to be delivered to stores. Now you know where I'm going, but you may not know this, and you may. The reaction from customers were overwhelming. The factory was swamped with letters requesting the remarkable soap that bobbed to the surface and couldn't be lost under the murky waters. And when cousins finally figured out what had happened, they immediately changed their production method. Got to be willing to change. Clem to whip it. So, so they asked Clem to whip every batch of the soap an extra long time. They also made one other change. The name white soap seemed far too ordinary for such a, uh, an innovative soap. And as he thought about it one Sunday in church, Harley was inspired by the passage in Psalm 45. All thy garments smell of myrrh and alloys and cassia out of the ivory palaces. That was it. They would call it ivory. Ivory soap became the basis of a great partnership between cousins Harley and James, a partnership that continues even to this day. Oh, did, did I forget to mention that their last names was Proctor? And gamble. Now, 
that kind of stuff may not do anything for you, but I like to, for me, I like to, I like to learn trivia, and uh, that I didn't know the whole story. Partnership, change, working together, not being satisfied where you are. That kind of, when I read it this morning, seemed to tie in with where I, where I wanted to to go. Uh, I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit today. And, and again, while I'm talking, I really, I personally, and we, we haven't done this enough yet uh, in Paris to maybe where you feel comfortable. But I actually like dialogue. Uh, I'm obviously going to monologue and talk with what I've put down. But at the same time, I also like for people to lift their hands and say, hey, I got a thought here. What about this? What about that? So you're free to do that. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're comfortable enough to do it yet, but you would be free to do it. So what I want to talk about is I want to talk about, I want to talk about growth. Growth. Uh, let's begin with Scripture. How's that? The need, the need for growth. I don't care who you are, whether you're a new Christian or whether you've been a Christian for your whole life. There is a continual need and should be desire for all of us to continue to learn, to develop, and to grow, not just in knowledge, but also grow spiritually in knowledge, but also grow emotionally and become a bigger person, better able to deal with life crisis, life problems, life situations. So we ought to be growing in every aspect, in every area of our life. But uh, being a former Baptist and needing to launch this thing on Scripture, we better read about four or five Scriptures. How about to substantiate and validate God's Word and what I'm going to say? First Peter chapter two, verse two. You don't need to turn there unless you want. As newborn babes, did you hand out? Uh, did he hand out a hand? Yes, he, hand, he gave you a handout. As newborn babes. Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. What I want you to keep hearing from these scriptures that I read is the word grow or growth, okay? First Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2. Speaking of Jesus prophetically. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and a root out of dry ground. Luke chapter 1, verse 80. So the child, Jesus, grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert till the days of his manifestation to Israel. See all these words, grow, grew, grow. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. And the child grew and became strong and filled with the spirit and wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ. Notice all of these verses reference, and there's more, but we'll stop. All of these verses reference growth. Growing up, growing in knowledge, becoming a bigger person, not only just uh, intellectually, becoming a bigger person, even spiritually and emotionally. I'm not aware, and you can help me, but I'm not aware of any biblical preference that suggests that the Christian reaches a place in his life and now you have attained 
You've acquired everything you need to acquire. You've acquired everything you need to know. And now you can just kind of retire spiritually. Well, I was talking to Chad. We were talking a little bit about retirement. But, but what we don't retire, though we may retire from a vocation, uh, from a nine-to-five or in the ministry, uh, uh, more than that. But, but what we don't retire from as a Christian, we never retire settle in, settle down, relax, kick back, and no longer need to grow or to change. Because as long as we're in this life, we're going to encounter difficulty, we're going to encounter trials, tests, tribulations. And in order to do that, you have to become a bigger person in order to continually deal with these problems that arise in our lives. So I don't find any biblical preference that says, well, you know what, uh, you're going through a hard time now. You just went through a divorce. You need to kick back and relax. You don't have to, you don't have to, nothing's required of you. You don't have to grow. Uh, it could be a lot of different reasons. Uh, the, on, the only model that I know from Scripture is to, to, to enter into the Spirit of God and let the Spirit of God enter into you and to continue to grow. And so... I guess I begin to jot down some things. Okay, now, if I was talking to people, what what would that look like? How would we, how would I, dis- how would we talk about growth? Okay, you, so here you are sitting and say, okay, I've, I've heard you read the scripture. I, I I agree with you that we do need to grow and become bigger spiritually, to become bigger uh, emotionally. Uh, I took it too far and became bigger physically. I should have just stopped it emotional and spiritual, but I'm, I'm all in usually for things. And so, uh, but, but I thought, okay, now if we're going to talk about this today, if we're going to talk about growth, uh, we have a growing church here. Uh, but what, what would growth, what would it look like if we were to talk about this? What would it, yeah, what would it feel like? What, 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 what's the, what is the emotional part of that or the feelings part of that? And so I just think there's some things that we that I want to talk about that I've jotted down this week uh, about growth and uh, maybe what people know or don't know about it. But even if you know something, it's good to be reminded. Remember, Peter said, as long as we're in this tabernacle, what he actually meant, as long as we're, that's King James, as long as we're in this flesh, this body, we need to be being reminded of even the things that we already know. So don't ever, man, I used to preach and people come up, Greg, and they would, uh, they'd been with me a long time, and they'd, they'd bring their Bible, and they'd say, you preached that same sermon back, and they had, they, had, they had dated, they had dated right by the chapter. When I preached that last sermon, they reminded me, we've already heard that once. And I thought, well, I can't tell you what I thought. This is, <laughs> I can't tell you what I thought. I shouldn't have thought it, okay? I just know that. That's what I do know. I shouldn't have thought it. And, uh, you know, you can hear a sermon, you can date when he preached it, you can remind him when he preached it, and never have done any of it. Never even heard it. Be he doers of the word and not hearers only. Hearers only. So I thought, okay, I want to. we're going to talk about growth. We all know we need to grow spiritually. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What are some things we know or don't know? So if you've got your worksheet here, here's my first thought today. Being uncomfortable, being 
uncomfortable is the first step in growing. I don't know that there's very many things. I'm just talking from my vocation, my ministry. I, I don't know that there's few things more exciting than a growing church. And if you ever sat in a dead church, <laughs> if you ever sat in a dead church, then you know how exciting it is to be in a living, vibrant, lively, upbeat, real church. Now, the reason y'all are laughing is because some of y'all have sat in dead churches and you found CF Paris and you've yet to find it boring. Okay? So it, we all agree. We're, we're all in agreement today. There, there's probably nothing as exciting as a growing church. And, and within that kind of an atmosphere should be growing people. So that, that, that community life together where the life of God has uh, infused the body, then people ought to grow. It, it's hard, and I'll, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. It's, it's hard not to grow in a growing church that has the life of God being released from it. Uh, and, and I also know there's nothing more disappointing than to be a pastor or to go to a church where people are not growing. You, you can almost tell the difference. People who are satisfied, who've settled down, who said, you know, I've served my time in God's house. I've been around here a long time. They're not growing, and here's what, here's what happens. You know, you'll notice what I'm, you'll identify what I'm saying. They get cantankerous. They get argumentative. They want to argue about everything we're going to try new. We've done that before. It didn't work. Chad's smiling. He knows. <laughs> so what happens if you're not growing and you're not vibrant and alive spiritually and growing with the community of believers? What happens is you, you, when, once, you start, once you stop going forward spiritually, you don't stay in neutral. If you're in neutral... You're going to hit a mountain or a problem, and you're going to roll backward. So the only way that you can go forward is you've got to stay engaged. And once you're engaged, then you can move along with the body. So uh, it's, it, the first step is uncomfortable, being uncomfortable. And, uh, growth involves change. And very few people are comfortable with change. I mean, we change, but it's not like I'm going to volunteer. Hey, could we change something this week? Uh, could, no, no, people don't sit around and think about wanting to change. Change happens, and then they have to deal with the change. So, uh, it, it, it's uncomfortable when, when you're forced to grow. Uh, let me think about school starting back. I don't know about you if you can remember back that far. That didn't mean, I didn't mean by that that, yeah, I guess that's what it sounded like, didn't it? Like you can't remember back then. But some of you, you remember when you went from maybe junior high to high school? Or you went from, you went from one, you transitioned from one age group in school to another age group. And you'd never experienced that age group. you you're just not, you don't, you're, you're a little, feel a little awkward. Feels uncomfortable until you go 
break through, make new friends, and then it gets comfortable. So anytime there's going to be growth or anytime there's going to be change in your life, even spiritually, it's, it's, it's not always comfortable. And I think Christians confuse being comfortable as a sign of this must not be God because I'm not comfortable. I don't know if you've ever thought that, but I know that's a reality. Well, if this was God, I wouldn't feel this way. Uh, I remember my preacher daddy, he always cleared it up, but he would say, you know, God doesn't comfort the afflicted. God afflicts the comforted. (laughs) And then he would back up and say, yes, okay, okay, I know. God does actually comfort the afflicted. But even those who are comfortable will be afflicted sometimes when they're forced to grow or to to change. It's not comfortable. So look, maybe you're, you're in a new church. They do things different from the old church. And you were comfortable in the old church, maybe, even, even though you might not have liked it, you were comfortable in the old, the old place. And now you're in a new place. They do things different. They sing things different. They, they do everything out of the realm of what you're comfortable with. And so I'm, all I'm trying to say today is, look, if you're here and you're a volunteer, you're on the staff, whatever position you have, wherever you are, in the transition from where you were to here at this church, it's not abnormal for it to be uncomfortable at first. I have to make an adjustment. I've never been here before. I've never done this before. I was talking to the doctor last night. I don't know how this pops up in my head right now, but something new is uncomfortable. Even can be fearful, create a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. A few years ago, I was watching, I think it was a Super Bowl. I think it was, but it was the oddest commercial came on. They were interviewing one of the sports stars. I don't even forget who it was now. And he, was, he was, had been diagnosed, and he was terminal. And they were interviewing him right quick in this short, brief commercial on the Super Bowl. And they, they asked him, now that you have received this news and you're, you've discovered you're terminal, you're fighting this disease... Uh, and you know you're going to die, are you afraid? I know you're a Christian. I know you're a Christian, but are you afraid? And I loved his candor and honesty. He said, yes. Oh, you know, we're Christians. We're not supposed to be afraid. I loved, I loved the fact that he said, yeah, I'm afraid. They asked him, well, you're a Christian. Why in the world would you be afraid? God has not given us. Oh, you know how to quote the scripture. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and sound mind. And they kicked into religion. He said, no, I'll tell you why I'm afraid. I'm, only, I'm not afraid about where I'm going to spend eternity. I'm not afraid about all that. The reason I'm afraid is I've never died before. And I thought, hmm. Death, for all of us, is going to be a new experience. I don't know what it's like to take my last breath. Not knowing how it's going to be the moment I quit breathing. Oh, I know, I know all the scriptures, but I'm talking about the reality of that. Y'all with me? I guess all I'm trying to say at this first point is, you're going to go through life, and if you're going to grow spiritually, you're going to hit stages in, in your spiritual growth where you don't feel comfortable. This feels awkward. This feels odd. I'm not sure about this. You're going to question. You're going to, you're going to wonder, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know. I thought, 
I don't know if this is even God. I don't know if this is the will of God. Or I want to stop and kind of pause here and see if y'all are relating to what I'm talking about. It, did, has anybody ever had that happen to you? Where, where you've, uh, in your growth stages, you were not sure about something? Somebody says, look, we want you to, we would like for you to be in charge of this particular area of ministry. You've never done anything like that in your life. You've never been in charge of anything. And now the pastor or somebody on, has asked you to take a position in church. And you say, oh, my, I don't even know if I can do that. I, I, don't, I don't know if I feel adequate. I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that. I'm saying that's a reality. That's normal. That's not abnormal. That's normal. Just like fearing death because you never died, I think is normal. Boy, I sure was hoping I'd get some interaction. <laughs> you know, it's hard when you have to keep cranking this thing yourself. <laughs> it's okay. I'm okay. I haven't died either. <laughs> so you're a little afraid of death, right? <laughs> Pastor Corey, the man of God. I think most are afraid of failure. I think that's a good one. How's that dialogue here? I don't know if I can do it, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I may fail, and I don't, I don't know if I can handle failure. Anybody else? Don't let the church down. Don't let the pastor down. Don't let God down. I'm afraid I might fail. Very, very good. Very good. Very good. Fake it till you make it. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm doing at this very moment. Fake it till you make it. Can, you, can we think of another one? I mean, I, I, we're not going to force it. We're not just going to beat this horse to death here. But Okay, knowledge. Knowledge. The unknown. You're writing this down, Corey. Not having the knowledge, failure, the unknown. That's kind of what we're talking about, death, you know, never die before the unknown. Feeling you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough. In other words, you live with yourself, your own mind, your own thoughts. You think, oh, my God, I'm going to step into this role and this response. I'll be a hypocrite if I, because I know me and this is not worthy enough. What if they ask me a question that I don't know? All the pressure kind of, what if I, what if I have this job and I'm supposed to solicit people or... And, and I, nobody, nobody will follow me. Nobody will be with me. I mean, these are all, oh, these are all good, uh, good thoughts and good reasons. I think I'll, all I'm kind of wanting to say, when I, when I jotted this down to talk about growth, this being the first point, I thought, look, we need to cross that bridge first and, and assure people it is normal to feel inadequate in yourself. In yourself. Paul felt inadequate in himself. But with the help of God, we have to cross that. We have to keep moving and cross over to the fact that I need the help of God to help me do this. I can't do it. And one is, what was that last point that somebody just made? I'm coming to you. Um, uh, no, I, I was just thinking. Yeah, a I, I don't know that I can. I don't know if I. I don't know if I have the knowledge to do this. I don't know if I'm trained. I'm not equipped. I don't know. 
So we would always, Brandon, we'd always tell people when we'd have volunteers at the church, look, I, I, there's two or three things that we will do for you to help people. First of all, if you will, t- if you will take on this assignment, we will in- I'm going to fully inform you of what is expected. People need to know what is expected of them. Don't just say, well, just come on. It doesn't matter. Just come on. You can do it. Bye, bye, bye. All, that's- all that is stuff. <laughs> phone a friend. That's pretty good. Phone a friend. So we tell people, look, I'm going to tell you what's required. And then we're going to stay with you and help you and teach you how to do this. And there's a third one that's so important, Brandon, is tell people the time requirement. In other words, we need someone one hour a week for three months on a Thursday and possibly if Thursday won't work for you, Tuesday will. Let them know. And after three months, release them. You know how many people leave church because they're stuck in the nursery all their life? <laughs> Our children's ministry. We want you to work in children's ministry. And they've been there for... <laughs> that was my wife. That was my wife. <laughs> Nine years. To save face, people leave churches because, you you know, whatever you tell them, put it on the calendar, the end date, and release them. If they want to sign up again, that's their choice. But don't make them feel like something's wrong with them because because they're, they're not feeling they can go the extra mile. Well, that's pretty good stuff today. We haven't even got to point number two yet. It's okay. You're going to feel uncomfortable. And if you feel comfortable about every change or about every station in life that's new, if you totally feel comfortable about everything, I kind of, just me personally, I worry about you. It's because I know human nature enough to know that change in new things make me feel uncomfortable. Have we, have we, have we touched this one long enough, okay? Did, did, did I see a hand? Did I see a hand here? Anybody else have thought? y'all get that? It becomes a spiritual marker, a signpost. A, a, in other words, it, 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 it actually serves you. It, it's gonna, you're, you don't feel good in the moment. You don't feel good in the moment. But once you, have pa- once you have done it, then you sense an accomplishment and there's a growth. And that's what's going to help you make the next, that's what's going to help you make the next signpost or this next marker. I've got this. Uh, this is, look, the reason David knew he could take Goliath because God helped him take a bear and a lion. He had experience of killing big things, mean things, angry things. And therefore, Goliath was no problem in the sense if God can help me kill a bear and God can help me kill a lion, then Goliath, I can take him. Okay? You've got to sometimes take little things. But if you want to be comfortable all your life, then uh, you won't ever grow. Okay, let's see. What, anything else if I want to cover and talk about this? And gro- growth involves, gro- for me, growth involves 
challenging and questioning things. Another stage of growth, okay, where I'm not always comfortable. Let, let me give you an example. Uh, became a Christian when I was nine. And really at 17, 18, I got really reconnected real good, and that's where my life really, I mean, I had prayed the prayer, but at 18, I got connected. And so that's been a long time. And uh, to reach a place where you can really, really grow, you're going to have to be comfortable with your relationship with God to the point that you can challenge everything you've ever believed. Not many people can do that because they're not sure what God will think if I say, God, it seems to me like what I've been taught about this, it doesn't make sense. I know I was taught this, 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 and this. And so all I'm saying is you have to be willing, and you've got to, first of all, have this kind of relationship with God that he's big enough to handle any question you've got about any subject you've got. He's not threatened. He's not intimidated. He doesn't get mad. Look, I, I believe you can actually get mad at God and holler at him, and he's still God. And it doesn't change how he loves you or feels about you. But the problem is not with God. The problem's on this end. We don't know the Father well enough to know that he loves us in spite of our temper tantrums. Or our questions. Or our, why not can I go to Jimmy's house? Why can't I? So my, a lot of my spiritual growth, uh, I read books now. I'm, I'm talking, oh, I like romance novels, but other than that, I just wanted to let you in on a little bit. Okay, yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with a man reading a little romance novel every once in a while. Uh, so <laughs> so that's more information than you really wanted to know, isn't it? Yeah. You didn't really want to know that. <laughs> Greg, Elder Greg said, we need to talk. <laughs> uh, clean ones, I'm talking about those nice, you know what I mean, where they hug and kiss and smooch. But, but that, golly, bum, I got to get back. Whoops. I read books now, uh, either secular and sometimes spiritual books. That was books I was told by my earlier peers don't read those books. These people are heretics. They're introducing something new. And for me, I reached a place in my life where I really, I think, began to grow spiritually when I was willing to trust the Lord and the Holy Spirit inside of me to read and be challenged with ideas and thoughts that was foreign to me growing up. I don't know how to get any more specific than that. I guess what I'm trying to say is, you really want to grow? You're, you're, going to have, you're going to develop such a kind of relationship with the Lord that you feel real good about questioning even some of your earlier beliefs, doctrines, questioning your attitudes, questioning why well, you don't know. You'd be shocked at some things I question. And, and, and I grew out of it. I grew in my relationship with the Lord because he didn't strike me dead when I read that book. Okay, I, I got to go. Comfortable. Anybody else back here want to say anything? Okay. I'm just kind of seeing what I've jotted down here. Okay. 
we really, we really do, let's just, let me say one thing. We really do like comfort. We, we tend to, what we tend to do is we tend to hang out with people who make us feel comfortable. Uh, if, you, if you hang out with people who make you or feel only comfortable, you won't grow. In other words, if all Corey ever heard, if all Corey ever heard was how wonderful he is, he's going to cease to be wonderful in your eyes. We, same with all, look, if we're going to grow, we need people in our lives who have the courage to say, you need to think about that. Somebody to challenge even where we are. You can't, you'll just keep going down a bad path unless somebody stands in your way and says, whoa, 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 you need to stop and think. But how's Bill? I told him last night. Bill, Bill Clark. Y'all remember Bill? Old Bill, my elder. He was a Baptist deacon. And when I started, to, when I left the Baptist church and started the, the non-denominational church in Harlingen, Bill was a Baptist deacon. He came over exploring. I wish you could see him. He, he's, he's about 180 degrees different from me. He still wears, he still wears, he, you remember those plastic those plastic things that fit in your pocket, pocket protectors. Bill wore pocket protectors, and he put not ballpoint pens, but pencils with erasers in them that had to be sharpened ever so often. Bill bought socks with the elastic in the top, and the first thing he did before he wore them was cut the elastic out so that his socks would fall around his ankles. Bill was a uh, Bill. Yeah, and he, and he drove an old Pinto. If you remember Pintos, he drove an old Pinto, and he couldn't even get rid of it. He, he finally had to just take the trunk off and put dirt in it and made flowers grow in it. It became a pot plant. I'm telling you about Bill, and you don't even know him. But look, here's what, here's the, Bill was the best thing that ever happened to me when I started a new church. He knew how to, he knew, man, he was good. He knew how to to speak into my life in the correct way, which means if you want to speak to an authority, you need to learn how to speak to an authority. You don't go in telling the authority what they need to do. Bill could get my attention quickly. Well, let me show you a couple of things. Uh, Bill would say to me, uh, Pastor, have you ever thought about or have you ever considered this? So here I am. I'm going in one direction, full steam, personality, type A, driven, get out of my way. And Bill would be at lunch, and he said, Ron, you know that thing that you've talked about? He said, have you ever thought about this? The moment Bill ever said those words, have you ever thought about and have you ever considered, that was words to me. I knew I hadn't. I, if, if Bill asked me if I'd ever thought about him, what that meant to me, it was a signal, you haven't thought about that. But... Can you see how that was much easier to entertain than to tell you, you're stupid, Pastor? <laughs> if we're going to grow, it'll be uncomfortable even being challenged sometime by authority or people in our life we're accountable to, but we need that. Gosh, what time is it? I guarantee you. Were we going to take a break halfway through, or were we going to just... I know you're going to be out by 1030 or before because I keep my word. But uh, do, do y'all need a break, a coffee break yet? Look, if, you, if the other side gets, goes dead, 
numb, stand up, and uh, walk along the back wall. How's that? Okay. Let's, let, me, let me look at the second thing I've jotted down here. Another thing about growth. Not only is growth uncomfortable, you got it. Growth is automatic. Uh, what do I mean by that? Sounds like a contradiction. Either you're growing and learning how to relate. You're growing and learning how to respond, to deal with people, to deal with problems. But growth is automatic. Problems are growing too. In other words, not only do I need to grow, there are things around me that I'm going to encounter that are growing. Uh, I'm probably going to need some help here. Mm. I see it, but I'm not sure. You're going to go through life, and it's this little crisis of a month ago. The next time it happens, you're going to encounter a crisis bigger than the one that the past when you had. So crisis and problems grow, and if I don't grow, then the crisis will overpower me and, and keep me from from dealing with it properly and moving on in my life. I know that sounds double talk a little bit. I'm trying to I'm trying to make it wish I could just be real smooth there. Thank you. That's it. So gr- growth automatic. Your weeds are going to grow or the grass is going to grow and if you if you give if you give the weeds place, they're not going to stop growing. They're going to keep growing too. So you have to manage. You have to stay on top of your spiritual growth because life doesn't stop. Crisis and problems and difficulties and children and money and all these things, they don't stop growing and becoming obstacles to you. So they're, they're growing as well as you need to be growing. So we, we, we need what I call growth being automatic. Now, here's, what I, here's another thought, the third one. I want to be able to cover this. The third one was that if growth is automatic and growth is uncomfortable, let's, let's talk just a moment about the downside, if I could call it the downside of growth. Is that, is that there? Growth has a downside. So let's talk about the downside. If you grow spiritually and people around you don't grow, what happens is you create a separation between you and them. Uh, so really what growth, growth does, spiritual growth causes separation between you and another person. If you're, let's look at your marriage. If in a marriage one person grows and the other person doesn't grow, the marriage doesn't become healthy. In fact, it begins to grow toxic because one is growing and the other is here. And what they're doing, they're not growing together. They're growing apart. You're either growing together or you're growing apart. Remember we talked about neutral. You don't stay in neutral long. One grows, one doesn't grow. Now, we're, now we've created separation. Now, that's in marriage. That, that would be in marriage. But let's talk just about church and ministry just a second. See, see if you relate here. There are churches that grow, but parishioners, let's say, don't grow. 
I'll show you what happens. But we've already said that one growth and one not growing creates separation. So, so I can tell you my experience in church. You may recognize it. A church begins to grow. There have been people who've been sitting here 20 years, and they haven't grown. They prayed for growth, but they didn't even know what they were praying for. They prayed for growth, but when growth like CF Parish began to grow, you have people who sit possibly here 15 or 20 years who prayed for growth but didn't grow, and you've created separation. Now they don't feel comfortable in church anymore. What changed? Y'all looking at me like, huh? The, the, yeah, the numbers changed, but we were comfortable with 40 people. I knew everybody, and we had one service, Connie. <laughs> Y'all with me? So what happens? The church grows. And people leave the church sometimes, not everybody, but some people leave the church because they didn't grow. And it created separation. I don't feel comfortable there anymore. They're singing songs that we never sang. And we, now we got two drummers. <laughs> or five. We always told our drummers, you're the drummer till the real drummer shows up. <laughs> if you're a drummer, don't get mad at that. Your job's still secure, Melissa. See, yeah, I, I, see, more than a preaching, I kind of want this to be a talk, so that's why I inject and do this. Uh, some people leave church, not because they're bad people. Don't get me wrong, not bad people. The principle here, the church grew, and they didn't grow. And it created a separation and a division that wasn't there when they were all unified around the one campfire with seats that would take care of 40. Uh, I'll give you another one. I know churches that don't grow and people who do grow and people leave those churches because they've outgrown the church, if you can understand what I'm saying. The church... At one time was vibrant, but they became comfortable, lax, settled in, settled down, happy with our four and no more. But somebody in the congregation kept reading the Bible, kept praying, kept witnessing, kept growing, whatever it was. They were growing, and then they left the church, and the church said, they're just church hoppers. Now, that is, that's a possibility. I'm sure there's, there is church hopping. But there are legitimate people who leave dead churches that were once alive because they outgrew a church that refused to grow. We could put that, you could, you could apply that to work. You can apply that to your, your company. You can apply that to so many places. See, that's what I say, Brandon and Corey, you guys, you can't stop growing. It, it, it's okay if people grow with you, and it's even okay. I'm comfortable with somebody outgrowing me. There are people who have outgrown me who are farther, I, I, I think, farther along spiritually than I am. 
That doesn't bother me. What, would, what I know now that would bother me if I don't grow. I don't have to equal their growth. I just have to keep growing. And so I say, Corey, Brandon, you guys have got to keep growing in the Lord. Be secure in the fact that others are going to grow. And some may even outgrow you, but you've got to keep growing. And you've got to grow the staff. People lose staff. People lose employees. I mean, I think I've said enough. Got it? A lack of growth creates separation. Growing together. I think we're almost finished. Uh, I, I jotted this down. Growth always causes growth always causes change and kind of we kind of hit on that growth always causes change most christian leaders confuse confuse growth with information now they're information addicts thinking that information is what we need i'm telling you most church most people don't go to church for information most people go to church for connection with God, but also with our, you know, the pastor's egos, pastor's egos. Our egos would be really bruised if we really knew why the majority of the people came to church. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. I'm glad you like our donuts. <laughs> and we have the best coffee in town. Don't tell me if that's the only reason you come. I don't want to know. People go to church for different reasons. Information, by the way. Uh, don't, don't confuse information. Knowing more really doesn't mean more unless you're, a, uh, unless you're on Jeopardy. I guess if you play Jeopardy, if you're on Jeopardy, then knowing more would, would be beneficial to you. But other than that, it, inf- I'm, not, I'm not putting down information. I'm just saying information is not the goal. The goal is Transformation. Now, information can bring conviction or whatever that would cause you to be transformed, but God's all about transformation. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove that which is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So transformation. God wants to see change. 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 Tell my wife. She's not here now. Is she gone? Ah, Good. Look. <laughs> My God, how, how, did, how did you hear through that wooden door? That's a solid core door. It's a speaker. Who came up with the idea of a speaker in the lobby? Who, what guy did that? Oh, my. Okay, and four months and it's 50 years, baby. So look, look, here we go. In my early days, when I was more foolish than I am now, I would, I'd, I'd tick Ann off. And I, as kind of real religious, I got hung up on this word repent. It just sounds good, you know, I, I repent. And I, I don't know how many times I'd, I'd do something, I'd say, honey, I'm sorry, I repent. And I, I just use that word, I repent, I'd repent. One day she said, I understand you repent. What I want to know is when you're going to change. <laughs> so repentance 
you should re repentance is not only repenting from something repentance is repenting to something it's a turning yes thank you greg it's we repent from our sins and re re we repent toward god we turn from our sins and we turn toward god transformation is what we're talking about right change 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 you're going you're you're going to go through life and there's going to be change whether you like it or not there's going to be change whether you grow or not will depend on whether you adapt to the change that, that is healthy and good and the change that God wants to bring about. Okay, I think I've got maybe one more. Uh, hmm, here we go. I think I just touched on that. Number five is, well, if you're filling in the paper there, when you grow to something, when you grow to something, you grow from something. You grow from and to. And I think we just basically talked about that, about repentance. Now let's look at number six. We'll fill that in. Grow in your success, but don't rest in the thinking that that's your best. Yes, go ahead and grow in your success, but don't rest. Don't settle down in thinking that's your best. Just because you have grown and you're successful doesn't mean there's not more growth involved. You know, people tell you how successful, how successful they are, but, but look, having a measure of success doesn't mean that you've necessarily all, you've done your best. There's more. Okay, you, so you've done up until this point your best, but there's more best uh, there's more to do and more accomplished. Remember Paul, he, Paul, remember Paul said at one time, he said, well, I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees, and I circumcised the eighth day, and I sat at Gamaliel's feet. And, I, and he gives you this, you think, you, you got to, I mean, he just begins to tell about everything. And, and we're, we're comparing, in a, in a sense, to show the people that we too are apostles, okay? But he begins to tell all of his resume. Then he comes to Philippians chapter 3, a verse that we're all familiar with. He says, but all those things, you need to understand, I forget. I let go of those things that are behind. Those things that prop me up. Those things that, were part of, that are part of my resume. What I realize, forgetting those things that are behind, I press toward, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So he said, yes, that is my resume. That was, that was who I was then, but I haven't reached the best yet. There's more I press toward. I keep pressing toward. I keep pressing toward. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge all our life. So, so let, me, let me review and kind of wrap it up with one more thing. You didn't think, you didn't think I could finish before 1030, did you? Uh, number one, let's, let's wrap it up. Being uncomfortable is the first step of growth. Remember? Being uncomfortable. Number two, growth is automatic. It's like weeds in a garden. Weeds are going to grow. Grass is going to grow. You're going to grow or problems are going to outgrow you and suffocate you and strangle you and kill you because you don't know how to handle them because you've not grown. Number three, growth has a downside. Remember the downside of growth? Because if one grows and one doesn't grow, then it creates separation. That's the downside in marriage as well as in ministry. Growth causes change. It's always going to be here. It's not just about information. It's about transformation. That's being changed. Uh, and because you've been successful up until this point, then 
It doesn't mean you have attained. There's still more for you to grow in and become your best. And then I think, did, did, did that have a seventh? Did I put a seventh one on that? Uh, that's ba ba basically is uh, growth doesn't have a finish line. You're never going to be, you're never going to, you're never going to come to the end of a need to grow. Never going to come. I don't care how old you are, how smart you are, growth doesn't have a finish line. You're always, 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 always going to be growing. Okay, before I let you go and we finish, let's have, let's, I'd like to hear from some of y'all. Any, any, any thoughts, any concluding thoughts? Maybe how that's affected your own life, things you've seen that we've talked about, things that you've seen uh, in, your, in your spiritual journey. Maybe a little bit. I might even be interested to, to hear some testimonies about if you've seen a change in your life, in your family, your children, your business, your finance. If you've, if you've seen any change since you got here, it could be that this vibrant, growing church with this atmosphere has brought some change in your family. I would personally would be interested in hearing that. Uh, but there's no pressure. But we're not leaving until I hear something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Y'all okay? I, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, I'm like a dad. I'm a dad, but I'm, I really, boy, I hope you agree with me, but I really am really, really proud of Corey and Brandon and their wives and family. I'm really, really proud. And so I'm going to always, and he's going to let me, and so is Brandon. I'm going to always be encouraging them. Come on, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep on, guys. Do what you're doing. Don't stop loving people. Let me tell you why there's growth from my perspective in, in this place right now. It's because of grace. You can come here without judgment or condemnation. You can come like you are. Your history, your past, you can bring it with you. We say here, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Because we want to help you deal with that which you are dealing with. And so I, I, I just sense that there's so much love. Love is the key. And people know when they're loved People know when they're cared for, not only just by the leadership. I'm talking about by you. People know you love them. People, and, and so you, you take a room where it's filled with people who are unified. I didn't say people who, uh, and, and talk about uniform. I didn't, I'm not talking about uniformity of we all have to believe exactly the same thing, but you, where there's unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, when there's unity and love, I'm telling you, it's hard for that thing to be defeated. And if you want to keep what's happening, happening here, don't become, don't stop growing. Don't become cantankerous. Don't become argumentative. Don't challenge everything that you're not comfortable with. Just keep fanning the flame and praying for your leaders and, and, and loving everybody that walks through the door. The moment you stop loving everybody that walks through the door, then the separation is going to be created because of you, not because of anybody else. Well, I'm through. Let's pray. I don't know if I'll get to do this before I leave. So I'm going to do it now. How's that? Mm -hmm. Have your 
I love these guys. Father, I, I thank you for C.F. Parrish. I thank you that you have made this possible. I thank you for the prayers of the people who for many, many years have prayed to see what's happening, happening in this place. And right now, I, I, I pray for Corey and Melissa. I pray for Brandon and Claudia. I pray for their children. I pray for their health. I pray for their finance. I pray for every area of their life. I thank you for them. I thank you that you brought them here, that you brought them together. And even as these two couples really are truly one in spirit, they, they typify and set as an example to this body and to this city that, that people can walk together and can work together. I just bless them and I thank you so much for them. Keep doing the good things you're doing in them. Keep doing the good things you're doing through them. And Lord, I want to thank you for the wonderful people, those that are here today and those who will be here tomorrow. I, I thank you for people who love them and support them and pray for them who love the move of God that's happening in this city and, and, and in this, even this county beyond here. I thank you for the work that's happening. We, we bless other churches. Lord, we're, we're not against. We're for others. But we thank you also, not only for them, but we also thank you for what you're doing here. And I pray that you'd even cause, as, as, as we grow, Lord, I pray that the whole body of Christ would grow in the city. And it, we, we believe as, as the water rises, all boats rise. And I, I thank you for that. I bless them. I bless the people. And thank you for the honor of serving with them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. They're dismissed, right? <laughs>